Hi there, and welcome to episode four of the Interiors podcast. Today's industry expert guest is interior designer and stylist Kate Hobbins Lockett, a fellow expat who pursued interiors as a second career. She is a self made woman with passion for interiors. Kate's based in Cork, where she runs Interiors by Kate HL. She is all about classic, enduring designs and loves a light, bright color scheme. And so she's here with us today to talk about creating timeless spaces. We're also going to explore the topic of trendy versus classic styles when it comes to interiors. And Kate walks us through her signature style formula for a timeless space. We discuss how to diagnose and understand trends and how to make them your own or avoid them altogether if that's what you want. Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Welcome, Kate. Thanks for being here with us today. It's nice to actually meet you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Kate is based in Cork, but she's originally Canadian. And um, she helps a lot of clients create really soothing, kind of serene spaces, uh, lots of fresh whites and lots of organic materials, which are very much in trend now. And actually what we're going to talk about today is this tension between timelessness and trendiness. And a lot these terms get thrown around a lot, right? But what does it actually mean to create a timeless space? And you know, something that's maybe timeless for you and I isn't timeless to other people. I would love to start with you telling us a little bit about what what does timeless mean to you and how do you help your your clients navigate spaces that could feel dated or wouldn't suit their style, which to me is why we want timeless, right? It's because yeah. we're investing in stuff we want it to last. Tell us a little bit more about how you define it. For me, one of the biggest things is creating a neutral palette. And that might sound very boring, but I do find that it's a jumping off point for all classic design. That element on its own, so it might just be painting everything a fresh, lovely, warm white because we're in Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) But I do love, you know, like a crisp white because it gives a good backdrop. So that also applies to all of your key pieces of furniture. Keeping those really neutral will give you a base that will take you years and years and years and years down the line. So I find that starting with those two things usually helps clients really start moving in a direction towards a more timeless design. And also a lot of times people are nervous about making the wrong decisions. If you start with already making some of those decisions for them, like you're like, this is your wall. You can choose between these three whites and then your sofa is going to be brown or gray or beige or would you include black in your neutral color palette I would yeah I'm more of a white white aesthetic girl but I love a contrast with black like black and white are always going to be timeless together again because it's that contrast and you know I think that you need to feel comfortable in your space and white invokes that but black gives you that bit of drama and so then you said this neutral palette would apply also to key pieces so you're talking, I assume, like sofas, beds, kitchens. Yeah. yeah. So I think doing everything, if you have an open plan space, you have to think about how it works together. So mm. if we're layers of neutral, so a lot of creams and whites and browns and sands and grays, getting that right, if you mix up your textures, it's like the 
easiest way to create interest visually without it being flat and boring, but still being very calm. And then it gives you the opportunity to add like, I don't know, like a metal sculpture or, you know, a wooden vase or a lamp that's in a like really nice ceramic. And those are the elements that are going to take you through years and years because that's enduring design. And that's ultimately what I always aim to create with clients. Yeah. And I think when we spoke before we we started this interview, you you alluded a lot to kind of the fashion metaphor. So I you're talking like the Parisian Chanel girl. So you're what? talking like get the good pair of denim, get the crisp white shirts, get a few camel jackets, a few, yeah. you know, navy cashmere sweaters. And then you could throw like a really like a big pair of statement earrings and things like that. And those can then shine. So neutrals for key pieces, white walls, and then you could throw in a little more interest with styling, which I know is your your favorite thing. <laughs> I'm kind of like people come to me and they're like, we just need help with this style. I just I'm like, yeah, pull it together. Let's do it. Cause it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I guess you always go back to having your investment pieces be neutral, and then it gives you an opportunity and a base to add in something really fun and sometimes just looking at what you already have in your house and just rejigging it and maybe styling it differently with other things it's like your white shirt if you have a white shirt on roll up your sleeves it's going to feel completely different and that applies to interiors as well so Mm. sometimes that's the guidance that I'm going to clients with so they might have a really good eye for what they love and they might just be like I don't know how these things talk to each other and so Mm. much Design is about how objects and colors talk to each other. Yeah. And what about if like, if someone comes to you, I suppose a lot of people come to you when they share a similar aesthetic, but you know, sometimes it's a family or two people and they don't have like identical taste. Right. So what if somebody's like really bought into the all white, but someone else is like all about mid century and funky, how do you teach them to make the style their own but a little bit more durable I guess with that it it, like mid-century would be a lot about clean lines right Mm -hmm. so I love a contrast like anything that is too one direction is very flat to me in design so yeah maybe you're adding like a different light in a room it, like say you have a really traditional space and you have someone who like loves a New England style (laughs) yeah it's really coming into trend right now, but you mix that with something slightly edgier. And that to me is always going to be more enduring design than just sticking to one specific look. So when it comes to clients and couples specifically, mm. I think if you can pair back your design, you look at what you have and what you love, and usually they'll make sense. Again, if they're in a neutral scheme, it helps all of these things talk to each other and sit in the same space. And then Use things like artwork. Artwork can be so great at creating a different vibe, even mm. just one little vignette or one wall. Um, yeah. And I think that's how that appeases a lot of clients who are like, I want color. Like, bring in artwork, bring in photography, bring in like a lovely textile. You can do all of those things, but if your base is really classic, you can go crazy with everything else. So it, it always comes back to that that juxtaposition of those two things for me. Yeah. I love what you said there about like mixing styles and 
we haven't gone in the direction of talking about trends and like how to avoid it, how to diagnose whether something's a trend. But I like what you said about always mixing a style and like not over committing to something. I think that's a really great way to avoid being trapped in something. If, if something's a blend of styles, A, it's more unique because maybe nobody's ever done a New England Hamptons meets mid-century house before in Cork. <laughs> so I think that's a really good blend. And like you said, sometimes people are like, oh no, but I, I really want it to be all like this. Like I'm passionate about that, but it can seem flat because then it looks like it can look like a catalog. It can't, it doesn't look like a space that's personal. Yeah. Yeah. And there should always be a bit of a surprise in every room. So mm, I like that. I, you know, if you're using your space properly, like you can have a really small space and there should be an element of surprise. So it might just be a different worktop surface. It might be a different style of chair in an office. It might mm. be a slightly unexpected window treatment. Call it like all of those things are what make interior design really delightful (laughs) so you want to add in things that are slightly different because who wants their house to look like everyone else's like I can have my aesthetic you can have yours and our job is to help people with their spaces so as much as I would love to come in and overhaul everyone's house (laughs) really actually it's not my job my job is to help people with their home yeah love that okay so neutrals for the sofas, for the kitchen. What about then like the style? Cause we're talking color palette there, but if somebody, if you get like a tan Chesterfield sofa, that's yeah. technically a neutral, but that's a big style statement, right? So how do you help people navigate? Okay, you're, you're already limiting choice and helping them be a little more restrained by being like, all right, stick to this color palette. I promise we will add intrigue. Mm-hmm. What happens then if you're like, I'm gonna get a Chesterfield, and I'm going to do like a glossy white kitchen. You're like, whoa, because then that starts to create a little, wreak a little bit of havoc. So how do you um, guide them? I've, I've had clients like this in the past and it yeah. is more challenging because I have to push myself to think, okay, how do I keep this from looking like the showroom floor of, you know, a high street shop here? Yeah. Um, and again, it comes back to contrast for me. So something like a really high gloss kitchen needs some kind of roughing up. So, and warmth. So adding Mm -hmm. a little bit of wood can help and it doesn't have to be, you know, in my style, but I find that those are things that really help elevate spaces like that, where maybe it's not my taste, but to make it more I guess, I don't even know what the word would be, but to make it more approachable for more people is to kind of calm really extreme finishes down with something softer. Yeah, you you keep coming back to contrast. And I think, so if you stick to a neutral palette, if you are a little restrained in, in the big items, and I like this kind of two styles, because if you stuck to two styles, but you wanted a high gloss kitchen and a beat up leather Chesterfield, well, then you have to kind of commit. You're like, okay, so are your two styles going to be like like Miami South Beach contemporary meets kind of beat up period gentleman's manner? And like that's, but then you have to decide that that's your theme for every other thing you put in that house or it has to have like almost no style to it, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And that continuity, I think people struggle with as well. So someone could fully go whole hog in like their sitting room and it will be even styled to the T, like whether they've had help or not, it can be very thought through and they've saved, you know, a million Pinterest boards and whatever, but then the rest of their house could be like a complete contrast to that. Yeah. And I think that's very common of like not thinking of how all of these rooms and elements talk to each other and make you feel because you can say you could have a navy kitchen that's quite trendy and the rest of your house could be saying a completely different story so you you have to be able to inject that and know how to inject it in the rest of your house for it to make sense really yeah I agree completely we made in our house we made certain decisions early on about the downstairs that then kind of dictated the other rooms that we hadn't fully thought through so I think that's key to create like almost a narrative for the whole house. So even if like you have a black bathroom or something mm-hmm. that that still is, is speaking the same language as, as this kitchen. Yeah. Okay. So I like everything you shared with us. Um, one thing you were talking about earlier is you help people restyle things in their homes. So you don't have to like, like maybe you don't have to buy a new sofa. Maybe you don't need to get a whole new kitchen and, can you tell us a little bit more about how you do these? Maybe, you know, they're, they're going to be lower cost tweaks. And you know, I don't know if that includes like painting a kitchen or things like that. But tell me about some of this, these facelifts you do. So some of the easy, easiest ways to do it is change up your hardware in your kitchen. So all of your knobs, drawer pulls, all of that stuff, swap those out. It's fairly inexpensive. There's thousands of options. I've done that on a couple of kitchen consultations now where they wanted one look. The end result wasn't exactly what they had in mind. They wanted something slightly different and just switching up, you know, going from like a chrome handle to a brush brass handle can make a huge difference in how the space feels. Painted kitchens, definitely. Again, it's about creating your kitchen is another room in your house. And I think that for the longest time, kitchens were just seen as that place you go and it has a function, but now we want them to feel as pretty as the rest of our home. So swapping out light fixtures, easy peasy way of changing the whole feel of a room, especially in the kitchen. So if you want a bit of a romantic vibe, or if you want kind of an edgier vibe, there's lighting to go along with that. And then those would be big ones in bedrooms as well. So like maybe you have an old Ikea, like I have an Ikea chest of drawers. I've swapped <laughs> the handle like six times. <laughs> Change the feeling of that little area of the room. So those are easy ways I find lighting and hardware and paint, obviously, or would be the yeah. three things to swap out to change a feel in a space. And paint on the items, not the walls, right? Because the walls are white. <laughs> like, again, Maybe you have like a huge chest of drawers that's, you know, I have one that in our boys room that's really, it's like an old mahogany and I've changed out the knobs and I'm like, and I'm going to paint it this summer. And you just have to commit again. It's about committing to the style that you like and it will probably end up green. That's just my problem. <laughs> it's going to be green. Paint. Painting furniture is actually a lot easier than I think a lot of people realize. And it's really yeah. effective. Yeah. And for your kitchens, you can get somebody to come and spray it also, which is gives a really nice even finish. And I think like, you know, so many people end up with homes that have the kind of old, like early 2000s pine or veneer kitchen that like look really cheap. And if you just spray that, you would never know. 
uh, there's actually a house. I did a whole home paint consultation at the end of last year and um, everything was pine. Like pine was so cheap in the late 90s. <laughs> and it's funny because it was actually an American woman who's living in Ireland. She has an Irish husband and we just painted everything, various shades of white and cream. Yep. And the kitchen was like, pine on pine on pine with like a terracotta floor and we're like it's gonna I can't wait to see the photos of it finished because I'd say you won't even recognize it and a lot of like unforgiving materials especially if somebody's bought a house that needs a lot of love but you don't have the budget to like rip out that weird tiled area or this weird wall if you paint all that white temporarily like I had a client who did that and house she's renovating here in Ring's End one of the rooms had all these like pine panels in the whole like pitched ceiling and she painted it all white and it just looks like shiplap and coastal now. And it's a complete transformation of the space. So even as a temporary fix, just paint something white to live with it and, and like re-examine your space as a new canvas, I think is a great idea for people when they're a lot of the people I work with have just bought new homes and mm. everyone, I'm sure you have the same thing. People want to rush to make the changes, but yeah. you're like, no, just wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I guess that kind of goes back to how to not fall into trends as well. So if you look at your home as like the biggest investment you're ever going to make, yeah. and you in your head are like, I want it all done now. And like, even if you have a really clear vision of what that looks like, there's a really good chance that you live in that space for a while, you're going to see things differently. And you, it's, val- it's valuable to hire an interior designer to explain your lifestyle because I think that that's part of what people don't realize when they move into a new home and say they want like a trendier finish like the slatted walls or a really dark kitchen like if you have kids and you have a really dark kitchen and a matte finish you're gonna have fingerprints (laughs) (laughs) I know people are like oh my god but a white kitchen can't you see all the dirt I'm like no no (laughs) No, you can wipe the dirt every day (laughs) exactly (laughs) there's so much value in just paint like paint can transform like you said so many different places and then you're not throwing away money possibly making a design mistake that you will regret and a costly one yeah yeah so paint everything white before you and live somewhere at least three months please first (laughs) okay so we we know your three keys to creating this the signature Kate timeless style. We know about restyling things, changing out the hardware, repainting furniture, painting kitchens, light fixtures. I love all that. Cause yeah, you could take a space and you're like, I want like a New York loft industrial vibe. You could just paint your kitchen a really neutral color, put black matte powder finished hardware and put like a cool iron lamp and it would transform the space with a couple hundred bucks. Well, maybe a little more with the spring, but I think people underestimate that and rush to make huge changes that they can't undo when they actually have three children and don't want an industrial loft anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess, you know, I don't know if it's like I'm used to, and I'm sure that you are used to the same, like there's so many more charity shops and there's so many more used items available in North America that like maybe... It's just becoming part of people's awareness of like, you don't need to just buy brand new things. And I am finding with clients and it's really refreshing that they're coming to me being like, look, I don't want to get rid of everything in this space. 
but I want it to have a full refresh and I really want it to feel differently. Like I, there was a bedroom I did for an older gentleman and his home was really loved and cared for. And he just had a really neglected bedroom because like he just lived on his own. He didn't care. Yeah. And everything was fresh. We ripped out carpets, we put a new flooring, but we kept wardrobes that were there and just painted them and gave them new hardware. And like you would never in a million years think that they were just left over from the old room. So I I think that that's so key and so important for people to, you know, it's exciting that people are starting. There's a shift in how people are thinking about their space. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's responsible to not be wasteful. And a lot of times if you buy trendy things, you might buy them, you might buy the knockoff version because it looks the part, but then they don't last long and you might have to get rid of it. And then we're contributing to waste. Whereas if you invest in pieces that are going to last a little longer, the styling, like you, you were telling me earlier, the styling pieces can be lower cost. Maybe it's something you give away. You're like, I don't want this mirror anymore. You know, yeah. you could be like, hey, mom, do you want this mirror? It's not hard to do that or sell it on marketplace or adverts. So I, yeah. I think thinking about that when it comes to timelessness, we also have a responsibility to make, to recycle. Yeah. I mean, it's time, you know, fast interiors is as wasteful as fast fashion right now. And mm-hmm. there is more of a market for it here, which is really exciting because there's more available. But then also like I was in pennies yesterday. <laughs> And my sister-in-law actually dropped off the vase that I was thinking of getting yesterday because she was like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, I'm still thinking about it. But like I, anything that I buy from pennies, I use the shit out of it. Like yeah. it <laughs> for years, you know? So again, I think that there's this hesitation with anything sustainable that it comes off as being all or nothing. And there's ways of doing all of this. Like as long as you love something, that's really all that matters. But if you're yeah. willing to really think about your space like I don't need the whole section of Penny's accessories in my house yeah (laughs) I have enough accessories you know (laughs) I also will often go to the charity shop and be like is there some cool gems here that I can find and like yeah I, I don't know I get such a rush off that I'm glad that people are starting to get there so I think it's really interesting that it's starting to happen more And if you're committed to creating a home that is your own signature style, like a blend of a few different things, it makes it possible to shop places you wouldn't think. You kind of develop a sense of taste because some people are like, oh God, I wouldn't know what to buy. I wouldn't be able to spot the bones of something and that's kind of gross. But if you say, okay, my thing is industrial loft meets coastal family home. I'm creating these weirdest juxtapositions. (laughs) Then you know, like you have kind of a filter on and that filter, they serve as blinders for the trend. So you're like, okay, industrial and coastal family. When you're going through the charity shop, like a little model of a boat might stand out to you. But if you saw something that looked like you know, how round shapes and all these curvy, funky things are really popular right now. You might spot like this cool mushroom lamp and you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, that's so trendy. I'm going to get it. But then you're like, is this industrial in any way? Or is this coastal family-ish in any way? No, move on. So I feel like people need to be mindful to, to add character to their home, creating the signature style, having continuity throughout the space. And allowing themselves to shop in a variety of places to make a more three-dimensional home with that theme and that criteria top of mind, right? 
because then that works as like a, a guideline right and a lot of clients even myself sometimes I'd be like I don't know what style that is like it's you know you might get out like you might be able to point out one bit of it that's an element yeah. of mid-century modern or whatever and clients do kind of struggle with that but like that's why we have Pinterest folks <laughs> like yeah you know, if you if you create enough images and put them together, there's always a running theme through them. So that's like the top yeah. thing as designers. I think we all do this now where we're like, okay, you know, you're doing a discovery call or you're doing whatever and you you want an idea of how a client sees interiors. That's the easiest tool. So it is equipping people with that information that, you know, if you want like an, a modern organic kind of vibe in your house, there's materials to look out for and textures and patterns and colors. And that will just be clearer to you. Yeah. I like something that you said there about Pinterest. Cause I think Pinterest can become a rabbit hole too, where people are like, I want that. Like you were talking about the Navy kitchens. Like I want that Navy kitchen. And this house has like 12 foot ceilings and beautiful light. And there's like gorgeous brass accents around the room. And somebody wants to put it on like a flat front kitchen in a North facing kind of, small space uh, yeah. that also has a like an orange sofa <laughs> and people I think if people use Pinterest in kind of an opposite way so they're like I kind of want a navy kitchen let me look at all the navy kitchens and see what similarities do they have to my space like mm-hmm. find similar layouts similar periods of home similar size similar bones and look for the recurring theme. It's like, hmm, all of these are kind of styled with like rooms with big exposed wooden beams. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to work in my like fully glazed conservatory. Hmm. Yeah. Cause there's yeah. usually a reason why people have repeated these things. So you're like, Ooh, like I see you have a, like a wrought iron bed there. Someone's like, I kind of want a wrought iron bed, but I don't know if it would work for my style. Look yeah. for wrought iron beds. Look at all the settings it's in and mm-hmm. and look at your space because people are often just pinterest first but it should be pinterest second space first right yeah 100% and also it's good to note that pinterest will start suggesting what you're looking at and i don't think a yeah. lot of people realize that as it's catering to it's the algorithm that goes back it to is, that it is yeah <laughs> keep showing you what you're looking at so you do sometimes kind of have to search very specifically for things and then certain things will pop up because otherwise you will just be looking at the same you know dozen spaces over and over and over again so exactly and pinterest is going to be skewed towards trends so i can i find that that's a trap often because it's it's just going to show you more stuff like that it's not going to help you create that element of surprise or add that personal and what i like to do is if like let's say i find that exact type of chair I'm looking for, but I want to find more like it. It won't suggest chairs exactly like that. It'll look for similar styles. But if you use the search like this, like Mm. the image recognition tool, you drag over the image and you're like, I want a chair in that shape. It then searches Pinterest for more things with that exact layout. And that can be really helpful if you're, Mm. you're, you're like, okay, I have this really weird layout of a room that has this arch. And if you do that, it'll look for more rooms like that, which can be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. There's like a whole, we could do a whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. So I think you've shared a lot of key points for creating a timeless space. And it has to do with restraint and looking at things, like you said, as the biggest investment people will ever make. 
And, you know, our, our lifestyles will change and our tastes will change. So future you will usually thank you for getting some of these um, more neutral pieces. And you can always update them. Like you can reupholster things, you can paint things, you can stain things, you can change the hardware, the light fixtures. So I don't think people can go wrong with this, these guidelines. The only other thing I'd kind of ask you, which I don't know the answer to myself, I hate trends and I hate people's homes looking like copy and paste. I hate that they're not matched to their architecture, but how can we differentiate a trend from like a shift or is it a trend that somebody actually already has natural affinity for? When is it okay to indulge in a trend? How do we interpret it? That's something I'm kind of grappling with. Yeah, I don't know. Cause like you did ask me this yesterday. (laughs) I don't know because like in some ways, my style is kind of trendy right now. And you said yeah. that earlier, and that that is what I have always liked, do you know? And I do have clients coming to me like, can you do like an Amber's interior? I was like, yes, I can. Or a Studio yeah. Mickey. Because those yeah. would be two designers that like, I understand. I get their sense of style because it's very similar yeah. to mine. But I think if you are really just taking the time to consider what you're putting in your home, you're going to eliminate a lot of trends. So I, again, think about how you live in your home. And like, I mean, do you have kids? Do you have dogs? How often do you clean? Mm-hmm. You know, what way is your room facing? All of those things are going to dictate if a trend is right for you. So if you love a trend, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you have to think about it as, are you willing to invest invest in a trend because then it just becomes part of your style and it it does have to talk to the rest of your house and make sense within those walls so I don't know I guess it's just does it feel right to you you know it's easy to fall into trends but like if it's not functioning in your house properly probably it's a trend I don't know yeah no I like that because for example if you're like oh I love this kind of romantic Victorian look with like long, you know, sheer window treatments that kind of drag on the floor and all of these things and dried flowers. But you have a dog, you have a big Labrador that <laughs> stomps around the place with his muddy paws. It's not yeah. going to work. And and like you said, I think if, if people actually ask themselves the question, like, do you really want that really thin armed velvet sofa that with like, you know, skinny brass legs. Is that how you actually live? So people are willing to ask themselves the questions. I I do think that's how you avoid the trend and all the stuff we talked about, about creating their own signature style, because then you, you can avoid that. And I think in terms of like, is a trend when a trend becomes a shift and it's just how we live. I mean, I think things come in cycles. Like we're seeing that now with all the sixties and seventies stuff everywhere is this obsession right now with timber, is that going to remain? And is there a problem with it? I, I don't mm. think so because I think timber is timeless yeah. and it's very versatile in the sense that we can always stain it and paint it. So mm. I don't have a problem with the millions of oak kitchens and plywood <laughs> kitchens going in, even though someday our children grown up are going to be like, what were you guys thinking? <laughs> No, but it, again, if that's the versatility. If it's versatile and it functions yeah. and it's going to for a long time, then I don't think it's a trend. And wooden kitchens would be one of those things that are so easy to change up that definitely, like, I, we're coming out of a pandemic where people want 
nostalgia and they want mm. like that comfort and a connection with nature and all of those things drive trends. So, you know, a nostalgia for like a seventies vibe is very cool depending on yeah. how old you're. <laughs> but, so it makes sense that like we're seeing this shift and yeah. that will always happen at ebb and flow. But in my mind, I don't know, things like mid-century pieces are never going to go away or, you know, beadboard probably is going to go away. But like, if you live in a coastal home and you surf mm-hmm. and that's your lifestyle, then it's not a trend. It's, it's your aesthetic. Yeah. And then it comes back to like the local vernacular, the most <laughs> overused architecture word. <laughs> no, but I like that. Not, maybe not every trend needs to be resisted so adamantly, perhaps. Because <laughs> I, I like what you said there about the, the pandemic. I guess it's just the awareness of it and it fitting into your lifestyle and your space. Definitely. Yeah. Amazing. Really- okay. So quick recap from Kate, how to create a timeless home. We want neutrals. We start with a neutral palette. Keep the walls white, at least for a while. If you absolutely crave some color after you've been living with your space for a while, you can maybe play around with with some color. And key pieces, so sticking to also fairly neutral shapes or silhouettes unless you're committing to a style. And if you do commit to a style, we talked about mixing probably like two max, maybe with some accent pieces from a third to make something less flat and to give you some criteria and guidelines. So you can shop anywhere from Ikea to like bespoke joinery. If you aren't in a place where you're, you know, renovating or redoing your entire home and you just need to breathe new life into your, your space, Kate talks about how you can just like an outfit, you know, you can style your home differently. You can change a lot of things. So look at, you know, can there are, is there a slip cover you can put on a sofa? Can you reupholster some chairs? Can you stain a table or put a, a different countertop on something? There's weird ways to, to give things facelifts as well as the, the, the ones we talked about with hardware, paint, and light. And if you do love a trend, ask yourself all the right questions. Ask if it's functional. Ask, you know, does it really, does it light you up? And if it does, do it in smaller pieces and, and accessories. Did I get everything? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> my my main, I hope, takeaways for everyone because they're kind of I love what I go by. Yeah. And I think I think it's all about just making it your own because then that's how it'll be something you you really treasure and that won't look like anyone else's home, which makes it harder for it, you to get bored of it because people get bored of things because they've seen it like the pine houses you're like oh this reminds me of that place i lived in in 2015 which sucked (laughs) wildtipper is like 83 percent more expensive so i'd say that's all gone out the window that trend um yeah yeah. and i did love one thing you said about there should be a surprise in every room that i think that's that's a nice touch to always look for you know a cushion you know a little tiny piece of artwork all of those things they all add to the feel of your home and and will give you a bit of joy when you look at them love it all right thanks so much kate for joining me and if anyone wants to tune along kate's instagram is interiors by kate hl the letters h and l and her website is kate hobbins locket with two b's and two t's dot com And I'm excited to keep talking timelessness online and offline with you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Interiors Podcast. 
To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much and see you here next time.